Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. All right. So, of course, we'll take your calls about anything. That is the point of the program here, 855-450-3733. In the news, well, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, Of course, the hacktivists are back at it. They have taken down the Interpol website. We've been covering uh, sort of off and on over the last couple of years the hacktivism, as it uh, has been called, where various different groups or, or individuals calling themselves anonymous have managed to take down some pretty important websites, U.S. government sites, other uh, European government sites, as well as major corporations, Visa, paypal uh they uh, i think they even i don't know if they hit amazon once but anyway they've really uh you know they they have an ability to to hack that is uh, unsurpassed at least uh they make it public when they do and that's uh, that's important to let let people know what they've been up to according to rt.com hacktivist group anonymous claims to have taken down the websites of interpol as well as the Brit- a British police force as part of a campaign calling for the freedom of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Several Twitter accounts associated with the Loose Knit Anonymous Collective have announced the website of uh, have announced that the website of the International Criminal Police Organization was taken down. The site was unavailable as of 9:18 Je- uh, Greenwich Mean Time on Sunday, but resumed functioning soon after. The hackers also claim to have taken down the website of the Serious Organized Crime Agency a U.K. police unit responsible for operations against serious and organized crime. Uh, so, big deal. Interpol is a, a pretty major police organization from, uh, you know, uh, from around the world. And for them to get hacked by uh, Anonymous is uh, quite a bit of mud on their face. Julian Assange, who is the founder and editor of WikiLeaks, has been ordered by the Swedish, Swedish authorities to be extradited from the U.K., where he had been under house arrest. Two women from Sweden have accused Assange of sex crimes, although he has yet to be charged. In fear of being sent to Sweden, then extradited to the U.S. to be tried for his role with WikiLeaks, Assange applied for political asylum in Ecuador, which the Latin America country finally granted him earlier this month. Regardless, British authorities have refused to give Assange safe passage out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London so that he may travel overseas. So by all evidence, uh, he is still in the Ecuadorian embassy. And how long he will be able to stay there remains to be seen. The uh, activists are obviously doing what they can. But what else can you do besides making public statements, taking down websites, and uh, you know protesting outside where they have been arresting Assange's uh, supporters for protesting? What can you really do to help this guy? I don't know. Um, I, I am not... I, I like anonymous in that um, I think that what they do is is funny and it's it's definitely a reaction. So it, it's not really my style because it's kind of like property destruction. Well, but if it's a government website, it's not really. Well, I agree. Property, but right? if the government did something wrong here in town, would you throw a brick through the window? 
No, I, I wouldn't do that because that's kind of, uh, you know, that the perception there is destructive, I would say. Right. I don't know if, if a website getting taken down has that same perception. Do you think it does? Like um, among the average person, does the average person feel like if a website's unavailable that, uh, that there's been, you know, it's the same level of destruction as a firebomb or a brick through a window or something? I'm not sure. Um, I would say, didn't they take down the Visa website once or like they all did. Visa? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a little more serious because it's dealing with people's money. That's probably a little more concerning as far as just a regular government website. I, I don't. Why would you even go to Interpol's website? I, I don't know. Is that? I don't know either. But I imagine some police officers and t- those sorts of folks are. Yeah. Are going I don't there. think it's the same as a brick through the window. And like I said, it's a reaction. It's not. It's some. It makes me laugh. I think that they are getting a point across in a really good way. But it's just not my style. Sure, and I think that uh, it's a pretty unique uh, approach that is really designed more to be, uh, you know, a, I guess a. Something that they can be proud of, something they can show off to uh, the rest of the world, like, hey, look what we can do. Uh, we can take down Interpol's website. Now, they, you know, what we don't know if they can do or if they ever have done, because Interpol or these other organizations would never admit it, is to crack their internal networks. So it's one thing to do a denial of service attack on a website, which is essentially people around the world, thousands and thousands of people sending requests to the same server at once to essentially overwhelm the server with requests and thereby shut it down simply because it can't handle the traffic. That's basically what they're doing. They're not going in, they're not hacking, you know, the root of the website, they're not taking down the files, they're not, you know, in uploading viruses, they're not corrupting right. the server. They're just making it inaccessible to the outside world. But what would be really interesting is if they actually successfully managed to crack into their internal network and as we've seen them do in the past, you know, get their hands on uh, emails, for instance, or get some sort of evidence to prove that they've actually been inside the organization's uh, networking system and to kind of reveal whatever it is that uh, that's going on in there. Because to me, that's much more of a uh, serious feat like that actually involves some hacking. If you're just doing a denial of service, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that actually I don't know if it meets the qualifications of the term hack. I mean, you are attacking them digitally through a denial of service attack, but the word hack has connotations of like to enter into something that you do not have permission to uh, to enter. I to- always liked in like 80s and 90s movies about hacking. Whenever they would hack, they would like sit on a computer and just type a bunch of stuff and you could physically see them entering like these mm-hmm. digital worlds. I always thought that was have, funny. They have to visualize it for people. Right. I just thought it was funny. But usually I think a hack and, and you know, I'm no I'm no hacker, so if there are any elite uh, hackers listening tonight and want to clarify uh, what the you know, the definition of hack is, uh, it seems to me that hacking does have to do generally with breaking security at some level. And denial of service isn't at all a break of security. It's just a takedown of a of the accessibility of a website. So whenever they do that, whenever they do break into uh, different organizations and, and manage to retrieve emails and things like that, that's a really impressive move. Because then that means they've gotten through Interpol security, which is a much more difficult task i would imagine i mean certainly it seems more difficult but then again like i said i don't know anything about hacking so i don't know how hard or how easy it is to you know get root access to a a linux server or something like that 
Yeah, I have no idea. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-453. That's the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. In other international news, Reuters is reporting that two members of Pussy Riot have fled the country. They've left Russia in order to avoid prosecution for staging a protest against President Vladimir Putin at a church altar, according to members of the band on Sunday. Now, we've been following the case of Pussy Riot here as three of their members have been sentenced to two years in prison uh, back on August 17th for staging their punk prayer at the Christ the Savior Cathedral in February and calling on the Virgin Mary to rid Russia of Putin they were, again, sentenced, uh, the three of them. So when I read this headline, I thought that uh, they'd somehow escaped captivity. But no, that's not the case. The three who were sentenced are in prison, but apparently they're not the only members of uh, Pussy Riot. Police said earlier this week they were searching for other members of the band. And as a result, uh, the Twitter account called Pussy Riot Group tweeted that uh, in regard to the pursuit, two of our members have successfully fled the country. Defense lawyers of the convicted members are expected to appeal against their sentences next week. And one of their uh, husband of one of them told Reuters that two, the two members of the group who have fled Russia had taken part in the cathedral protest along with his wife. He said by phone that since Moscow police said they're searching for them, they will keep a low profile for now. They're in a safe place beyond the reach of the Russian police. Asked that if, uh, if that meant a country which had no extradition agreement with Russia, he said yes, that's... That suggests that. So they are on the run, and I don't know why they didn't come after them before if they wanted them for this particular protest. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Police out of control going after a man who was driving with his windows up claiming they smelled marijuana. 1-855-450-3733. You take control. Free Talk Live. Hi, my name's Tim Cummins. I'm your verbal surgeon, and my job, to help you feel good right now. And every time you listen to my podcast at verbalsurgery.com, you will feel good because you're an awesome person of amazing abilities, incredible skills, and that makes me feel good too. So get with the program, verbalsurgery.com, and feel good now. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Uh, You need to get some collections done for your business? Well, hire the company that can do it with respect and do it in a way that is going to result in you not only getting your money back, but also keeping your clients down the line as well. So you can go to SACL CAI's website through the very top banner in our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Just look over on the right-hand side of the page for our banners. That's uh, freetalklive.com. Look for SACL CAI and get your collections done with respect. SACL CAI. As we go right back into uh, your phone calls here, or into your phone calls, Pat is in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Hello, Pat. Hey, uh, Ian, Julian, uh, look, I was, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was down in Virginia. I used to live in Virginia. I moved up 
uh, Pennsylvania. But uh, I know one place that was hit pretty hard with the hurricane, and it took out the, um, I think it was called the Harrison's uh, Fishing Pier in uh, um suburb of Norfolk. It's called Ocean View. Okay. And uh, it was pretty hard. It was, I forgot, Category 4 or something like that. I don't know how hard this one's supposed to be hit down in Florida, but uh, I know these coasts should be worried about about them because, you know, they do do some terrible damage. Well, first of I all, this is what? a uh, tropical storm. Uh, you're talking about Tropical Storm Isaac that is uh, in the Gulf of Mexico right now, uh, which means it's not quite a hurricane. That doesn't mean it won't do damage. It doesn't mean it won't, you know, cause flooding or anything like that. Uh, but the winds aren't as uh, – they're not quite hurricane strength. Uh, so it's not uh, – certainly not a Category 4 or anything like that. This is, uh, it's a, this is weaker than a hurricane. It's the, – the people in the Gulf Coast have had to deal with this time and time again. I'm, I'm originally a, uh, from Florida, so I've certainly had my share of brushes uh, with, uh, with hurricanes. I've been yeah, through plenty was, of tropical storms. Yeah, they they are always pushing up a lot of the tropical storms, but you, you can't fool Mother Nature, that's for sure. Pat, thanks for you the know, call tonight, I, man. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. I understand a lot of people are, are concerned, and obviously if you live on the Gulf Coast, then you probably already know what to do when it comes to uh, preparing. You know, preparation. The Gulf of America. Did you see that story? No. What's that? Um, we read it yesterday on Puke and the Gang, but I believe it was somebody in Louisiana like decided that they wanted it to be called the Gulf of America instead of the Gulf of Mexico. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Just because yeah, it's we're awesome. America and America's the best, so yeah. let's rename it to the Gulf of America. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't know really, what do you say about a hurricane? Uh, For those of you who live in other areas of the country and you don't have to deal with hurricanes. um, They suck. Yeah, they're they're not something that you really want to have to go through. If you're lucky, they don't hit directly on where you live. You just get a lot of rain and some wind. Uh, Stuff gets blown around. It can be dangerous because, you know, if you've got like chairs and tables and stuff like that outside, they could very easily be picked up by high winds and tossed into, you know, through Yeah, there's a lot of preparation involved. If you've got a pool, for instance, they recommend you put all your pool furniture in the pool. Uh, you know, you're boarding up windows. I remember having to do all this stuff. Yep. You know, back uh, back when I lived in Florida, and I can say I, I don't miss it. And I wish uh, the folks there in uh, the Gulf area. I guess you know the prediction is it's going to be hitting uh, the uh, New Orleans slash uh, Alabama region. But this really isn't, um, and not to say that it isn't important to the people down there for sure, but this happens every year. I mean, there's there's hurricane and tropical storm season down yep. in the south, and every year several of these come through, and some of them are a big deal in some places, and some of them not so much. And I mean, it's just, it's not really news, it's just kind of what happens. And when you live down there, you choose that right i mean you're it's kind of the trade-off of hey you're living in a place a lot of people find very desirable some people would call it paradise uh but uh, i don't necessarily agree it's really hot uh, yeah down there it's and, a swamp swampy place lots of mosquitoes and of course i'm talking about florida i don't know about the uh, the rest of the gulf coast uh, I, I don't even know about most of florida's coast i only know about the part from which uh, i hail but uh, you know, part of the part of the package is you get hurricanes from what is it August to like October? Yeah, something. And it can be bad. 
I mean, we actually, I, I've been through, because I lived in Florida for 12 years, I've been through so many hurricanes, and only two of them mattered. Like, most of them were just, I mean, Hurricane Andrew, for example, that was a really bad one in Miami, mm-hmm. but where I lived, it just rained a lot. And that was usually the way it went, and we used to kind of mock hurricanes, and then we had two hit us directly that were really bad, and it was several weeks apart, so it was one and then the other, and we didn't have power for five weeks in August in mm-hmm. Florida. It was awful, but... Well, where I, was, it. where I was from, somebody did a, uh, I guess, they did some sort of an analysis of where hurricanes had struck over the last 50 years, and not one had hit the Sarasota area yeah. over that time. So either they're due for uh, for a strike, or there's just like some sort of magical shield of protection over uh, Sarasota now that where they don't they don't get hit. The uh, best hurricane story, usually hurricanes, you know, if, you don't, if they're not hitting directly, it's usually just an excuse for people to take time off and party. Uh, people throw hurricane parties. Yes. Down in Florida, and uh, you know, will get uh, fairly inebriated in their homes while they're. Well, you, know, you have to stock up on the alcohol because if the hurricane hits your area, they don't let you buy liquor. Is that right? Yes, they will shut down liquor stores because they don't want. Uh, they shut down. They have curfews if it hits really hard in mm. your area because they don't want people looting. So they don't, and they don't want people getting drunk and looting. So, I, and like where we lived in Florida, you can't just drive over to Massachusetts or Vermont like you can here and just get liquor in another state. Mm-hmm. If you live down in Florida, it takes you six hours to get out of Florida. Right. So it was a lot. A lot of people would stock up beforehand and have parties through the whole thing. My favorite hurricane story was when they had to shut down the island on which I was working at a radio station. They evacuated the uh, the island. And so we had to do something. And what we ended up doing was taking like CD players and going down to the transmitter site, which was not anywhere on the island. It was on the mainland. Uh, and so we ended up being kind of like out in the middle of nowhere at this transmitter site in the middle of a hurricane with a handful of rock and roll uh, disc jockeys. And we, you know, played rock and roll music and did live uh, breaks through through the, you know, the middle of the night, literally camping at uh, the transmitter site. That was kind of fun for me. But so fortunately, most of my hurricane experiences have been more on the fun side rather than the traumatic destruction yeah. side. And, but that's just luck of the draw. Yeah. It's just because I happen to live in uh, in the right place. Right. You never know. I mean, if you live in Florida, you just accept that that could happen and you can and get lucky over and over again and right. then get hit or you could never get hit or you could get hit all the time. I mean, Or it's your just, house can be completely right. devastated and, uh, and, you know, a tornado could touch down during it and te- you know, tear everything away yeah. from you. Well, that's the other thing is in addition to hurricanes in the south, I mean, if you live over on the west coast, there's earthquakes, there's fires in the west. Uh, when I lived in Idaho, sometimes the the hills, it would be so dry that they would just catch on fire and all the rich people lived in the hills and people would lose their homes, you know. So no matter where you live, there's some sort of natural, sort of natural disaster. disaster that could kill you. Yes. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And then there's the human uh, disasters like government that could also kill you. Speaking of uh, my hometown, there's actually a story out of there with a man who was uh, arrested, targeted for having marijuana in his car when his windows were up and the cop claimed he was smelling it while driving. We'll give you the rest of the story here in moments. You can also take control at 855-450-FREE. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. 
PorcupineRealEstate.com. Take control of the airwaves here toll-free at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that we give to you there uh, completely free. We've got archives that go all the way back to late 2006. Click and download as many of them as you like. They are all free for you. You can just go and, uh, and get them. You don't have to log in. You don't have to jump through hoops or be forced to watch advertising or anything like that. Uh, you just go click and they're yours. In fact, you can click over to our SoundCloud page to access years worth of the show and each one of them has an easy share button on it that'll make it simple for you to share it on your Facebook profile or Twitter or wherever you like to do your social networking online. You can go to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side of the page under listen and share for our SoundCloud link. Uh, so once again, freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at uh, achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other people that think like you. As I understand it, there are a number of Free State Project participants that were in Tampa over the weekend at the Paul Fest and at the uh, Ron Paul speaking engagement on Sunday. They had uh, several people, I think it looked like eight to ten people, all wearing Free State Project t-shirts. The Free State Project even got a shout-out from uh, some of the band members that were playing on stage. Uh, there was a lot of good, uh, I think, good vibes for the Free State Project this weekend. And so a lot of that, from what I understand, they've gotten dozens of people to sign up just at that one event. And that's because it makes sense. That's because getting together with people that love liberty is a valid strategy for achieving it in our lifetime. So I recommend you go to freestateproject.org if you love the ideas of freedom and you're willing to actually do something to achieve it. Go to freestateproject.org. You don't want to miss out on this. So coming up, uh, Julia, you want to talk about getting your tubes tied. Yes. And apparently how difficult it can be to get that to happen if you are a younger lady. Yes. So we'll get to that here in a moment. But I said that uh, we were talking about hurricanes and Florida and how I used to live in uh, kind of southwest Florida, you on the east coast. And uh, where I come from, there are cops everywhere. And I don't know if it was that bad for you on the, the yes. East Coast, uh, but I went back for a visit just a couple of weeks ago. First time back in six years after having moved up here six years ago it was my first time back. I went for a weekend, and I, I mentioned this on the air earlier this uh, last week, but it felt to me like there were cops at every intersection. Yes. Okay. And there's sheriffs. Sheriffs. Troopers. Local police? I mean, there's so many of them. Mostly I just saw sheriffs. sheriffs. Yeah. Um, but then again, I wasn't really in downtown Sarasota where the you know the city cops would, would be. I wasn't there very much. But I saw sheriffs everywhere. They were on the road with me. They were stopped at stoplights at the with intersections. With blacked I was at. out windows? Uh, you know, I don't recall. Probably, yes. I just, just noticed them everywhere. And uh, so here's a story right from my hometown of uh, Sarasota, Florida. According to The Agitator... At theagitator.com. Last May, Sarasota, Florida Sheriff's Deputy Dominic Fornell followed Joseph McNeil's Jaguar out of a parking lot and then pulled him over. The reason? Deputy Fornell claimed that he could smell marijuana coming from the car, even though the car was traveling at 35 miles an hour. And the windows were up. Oh yeah, and there was no marijuana in the car. Fornell did arrest Mr. McNeil and charge him with a DUI, however... 
McNeil's blood alcohol content was about half of the legal limit. Fornell's dash cam and wireless microphone clearly show McNeil denying the search. More deputies arrived. They brought in a drug dog, which miraculously didn't alert, but they searched the car anyway, based solely on Deputy Fornell's obvious olfactory gifts. He must have some bloodhound in him. It was a thorough search. They went through all the stuff McNeil and his girlfriend had in the car. They made McNeil take off his shoes and socks. They made him turn his socks inside out. They ripped up the interior of McNeil's car. They pulled down trim and fabric lining. They found nothing. Then they brought in another dog. They searched a second, third, and fourth time. Still no sign of the drugs that beckoned Deputy Fornall's nose like a fresh chess pie. Chess pie? What is a chess pie? Maybe he means cherry. Fresh cherry pie cooling on the neighbor's windowsill. You've never heard of a chess pie, right? No. Okay. Uh, so, uh, on the neighbor's windowsill. For some reason, Deputy Fornal then turned off his wireless microphone. Shortly thereafter, and now we're a good 90 minutes into the stop now, another deputy miraculously found a single burnt marijuana cigarette in the trunk. They'd missed it during all of those prior searches. They must have been distracted by Deputies Fornal's live microphone. I mean, that's the only explanation I can imagine, writes Radley Balco. State's attorney later dropped all the charges against McNeil. Once he was released, he was free to pick up his car, which the deputies had graciously left for him waiting in a muddy field. And they didn't bother repairing any of the damage. And what about the deputy in this case? Fornal's supervisor, Major Kevin Kenny, described that, uh, that search as, quote, going a little too far, unquote. Though overall, he stands by the deputy's actions that night. Kenny said his deputy operated entirely within departmental policy. Of course. Well, they can do whatever they want. So whenever they get caught doing something like this, it's always okay according to policy. According to Balco, he says that on the plus side, that admission could help McNeil establish a pattern or practice in this in, in his inevitable lawsuit. But don't think the sheriff's department didn't learn anything from all this. In fact, they learned a pretty darn important lesson about how to prevent an embarrassing incident like this from happening again. According to the original story, Deputy Fornal will no longer have a camera in his car. So they're actually pulling his camera out of the car. That's according to the Sarasota Herald Tribune, which is the uh, newspaper of record there in Sarasota County. So after being caught with mud on their face, this police officer lying through his teeth about smelling marijuana while driving with the other car with its windows up, they are now pulling his camera from his car. I mean, how much more crazy and backwards can things get? There's, this is the, what provided the evidence that they were completely out of line in the first yeah. place. And they're, they're so brazen as to be able to say now publicly, oh, yeah, we're just not going to take – well, this, this officer is clearly someone who doesn't need a camera in his car. I can't imagine that this is anything other than somebody on the field somewhere has a personal vendetta against this guy. Clearly. Like it seems very personal because if you get searched once and they don't find anything, I mean – Again and again and again? That sounds crazy. I've never heard of anything like this. Fornal even wrote, I'm at the uh, Sarasota Herald Tribune's article now to get a little bit more information. He actually wrote in his report that he smelled the strong and distinct odor of unburned cannabis from the Jaguar, meaning that uh, he suspected uh, there were pounds of it in the trunk. Because I guess I could see like I've been on the road before and I've smelled burning marijuana. Right. 
And it's probably because somebody's got a joint lit and they're driving down the road and a similar portion of the road as I am and it's wafting over, right? Right. That's happened before. I've but, seen people rolling joints in their, car in their car while I'm driving. Yep, I've seen that too. But you'd have to have a fair amount of marijuana in your car that is unburned in order for somebody to be able to detect that odor, someone who's not a police dog, to be able to detect that odor just from you driving down the road. Yeah, that seems unlikely. Like your car would have to be packed with some of the smelliest. Well, and it would have to pot. be in there for a really long time. Right. Because they say the longer it, it's in there, the longer it can permeate through the surface. So let's say that you had pounds and pounds and pounds of really stinky pot in your car for months. Then <laughs> I guess. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's Florida, it's hot. It's probably going to get a pretty, pretty stinky. But I mean, it's, the idea that, you know, that they would find a roach after three searches of his car and that's what this was all about. No, no, no. He said it was unburned marijuana, which is probably why the charge for the roach got dropped. Because right. the officer claimed he smelled something that was unburned. And uh, so according to and I think you're right that it was definitely they targeted this guy because normally the cops don't want to go after somebody driving a Jaguar. Because they know that somebody who's driving a Jaguar can probably afford an attorney. Right. And so they're going to pick on the people driving the beat up old cars, the people that, uh, you know, are driving while black or Hispanic. They're going to go after people that they historically know are easier marks than, you know, and I don't know, maybe this guy isn't white, but I'm presuming rich white guy driving a a Jaguar in Sarasota, Florida. There's no shortage of uh, rich, privileged white people uh, living there. So it seems pretty clear they targeted him. But we'll see if we can get a little bit more here. By the way, the officer did not respond to requests for comment. Of course. 855-450-3733. You can take control here and bring up what you want. Maybe you've got a police encounter story you want to share. It's Free Talk Live. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals are harmed in the making of this advertisement. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number is 855-453-1855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And you can uh, enjoy the features for free, of course. But if you want to help support the show, you can do that by shopping with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com and you can enter Amazon through the links you'll find there. There's Amazons for the UK, for Canada, and the US. So click into the right Amazon for you and get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff that you're looking for at a great deal and get it delivered straight to you without ever having to go into some department store, deal with parking, or any of the hassles of actually buying things in the real world, uh, you can go to shop.freetalklive.com, get it all taken care of, and help Free Talk Live at the same time, because we get a portion of the purchase price. I just ordered these really sweet, ridiculous headphones for work that can Bluetooth into my phone and also connect to the PC so that I can work on the computer and like watch Netflix at the same time wirelessly while... They're so like, wait, you can make phone calls with it yep. and you can listen to the computer at the same time? Yes. What do those cost? 
$200. Woo, those are pretty crazy. Well, they were $270 on the site and they were $200 on Amazon. So just a, a uh, how much you can save, yes, on Amazon. So. All right, so go to shop.freetalklive.com. Again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. You know, it's just coincidence that over the past several days, uh, it was last, late last week that we also talked about another Florida story where they're raiding convenience stores in the Tampa Bay area for selling uh, spice, where they're charging people with uh, selling imitation drugs. So they're, they're not actually charging people with selling the spice. They're trying to claim that they're selling spice as though it's marijuana. And so, therefore, they're violating the law that says it, that I can't sell you a bag of oregano and call it marijuana because that's, a, that's an actual crime. It is? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I've you, never tried to sell anyone oregano. If, so. you, if I sell you a bag of sugar and tell you it's cocaine, it's a crime. Wow, yeah. that's funny. So that's why they're going after these people that are at the convenience stores. And that was a, another Florida sheriff story. And here's another Florida sheriff story where, according to the Sarasota Herald Tribune, the uh, man named uh, deputy named Dominic Fornell pulled over a Jaguar after it left a bar parking lot, claiming that he smelled strong and distinct odor of unburned cannabis coming from the Jaguar, despite it having its windows rolled up and it going uh, 35 miles per hour. Fornell told the driver, you guys have a lot of marijuana in this car. He told uh, Joseph McNeil and his girlfriend, pardon me, asked McNeil, a 42-year-old Sarasota businessman, where's the marijuana in this car? I smelled the marijuana when I got behind you guys. According to Fornell, I'm searching this car. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if you give me a little bit of marijuana or a lot or whatever you guys have, I can work with you. Okay. Have you ever had the cops uh, yes. work with you? Yes. After uh, being honest with them? Yep. How'd that work out? I got arrested. Hmm. Yes, it's common law. They ransacked the car. Like, I, we were, there was one time where we were driving, Luther was actually with me, and we were driving across, uh, we were driving from Florida to Pennsylvania. We were in Virginia. Uh, we had a couple joints on us just for the drive. Mm-hmm. And we got pulled over and we agreed that because we were in Virginia, we were just going to give the cops the weed because the last time I'd gotten caught with weed, I got arrested and put in jail. And I was like, well, you know, if my mom has to come and bail me out of jail in Virginia, she's going to freak out. So mm. came to the door. I like had the weed ready. Here you go. Here's what I have. You know, take it. I'm sorry. Do what you're going to do. Here it is. And... um they actually get in, in Virginia you, when you get arrested, you just appear, you have to appear in court and then deal with it. So we still got to go do our weekend thing, and then we had to kind of stick around for our court date. Mm. And um, but uh, they ransacked the car, and they were jerks. I mean, so even after you handed over, yeah, weed? they were trying to accuse us of going to Pennsylvania to pick up like pounds of weed <laughs> when we had three joints. So. And did you have uh, thousands and thousands of dollars in cash to buy the pounds of weed? No, no. Yeah, so that's no, like a pretty weak, weak case. But it cost us a fortune because, of course, they make you pay huge fines when you get caught with stuff like this. Mm. So I think I had to pay like $600. You know what I mean? Which is, when you're 18 years old, $600 of out of your checking account, you know, when you're on vacation, so you're already spending money on that. Like, it's a lot of money. I'm not asking your permission. I know there's marijuana in this car said the deputy to the man who, by the way, uh, did not have any marijuana in his car. They did find a roach, allegedly found a roach after their third thorough search of the car. They found one in the trunk. Who would put a roach in the trunk? Yeah, that's really weird. Seems really unlikely. Yeah, it would probably be in the ashtray. Exactly. That seems like uh, a police officer had a roach in his car in his little plant drugs kit 
that he has with him, and then he surreptitiously placed that there and then claimed to find it. Nearly a half an hour into the traffic stop, Fornell had, after Fornell had already searched the car, a police officer from Venice arrived with a dog. The animal searched the car and found nothing. Fornell's supervisor did say it had gone a little bit too far. McNeil was polite but clearly aggravated by the extensive search. He said, you have some idea of what you're putting me through, right? He asked the officer. You can picture your family being put through this, right? I don't think that they do picture those things because they have a you know, protection system that basically identifies members of uh, police families. Right. They have the thin blue line stickers, which, of course, anybody can buy. So those aren't as effective as they used to be. But you can if always you drop get, a name. If you get caught with one and you're not a police officer, I have a feeling they would rough you up pretty bad. Like if you had a thin blue line and somehow they found out that you were... But you weren't a cop. Right. Like, Ian, if you had a thin blue line sticker on your car and mm-hmm. you got pulled over in Keene, pretty sure they would know that you weren't a cop and it would probably irritate right. them. <laughs> But uh, they also have these cards that we talked about once. I don't know if you were here for this episode, but they're – and I forget what they're called, and it's a shame I don't re- recall. But they have these cards that are sold only to police officers. There's a company out there that basically – literally is selling people get-out-of-jail-free passes. So what you do is you go to this website, and I forget what it is. So if you remember, please you know, let me know, 855-450-FREE. But you go to this website – You order these cards that basically identify you as a family member of a police officer. Really? And you can only order it after they validate you. So, like, you or I couldn't just call up and bluff them. We couldn't just call and, you know, somehow tell them we're a cop or whatever. They will call your supervisor at the police station, at the official police station phone number. They will talk to your supervisor, and they will verify that so-and-so is actually a police de- police officer with su- such-and-such police department, and that they are uh, okay to buy these get-out-of-jail-free cards. I had a sheriff friend once who used to come into the restaurant that I worked with, and he was a really nice guy, and he gave me just his business card once. He was mm-hmm. pretty high up on the chain. And the purpose was just, you know, hey, if you ever get pulled over and... You know, this guy's being kind of reasonable, like, just show him this and let him know that you know me and you could get out of it. It's not a guarantee, but, you know, it could help. It could irritate them. Right. That's the old name dropping technique. Uh, But, you know, if you get one of these cards and the cops know what this is, then you're you're pretty much golden. I mean, the way the, the website sells this to the police is that this is going to protect your family from the police. And you can go and buy these things for three bucks a pop or whatever and then hand them out to, uh, to all your family members. And if they get stopped and pulled over, they just hand it to the officer and that uh, hopefully will make the problem go away if it's not too egregious. You know, if they weren't swerving in the middle of the you know, wrong oncoming lane of uh, traffic, half you know, S-faced drunk. Yeah. But uh, the average situation probably is going to get them out of it. A few minutes later, Fornell arrested McNeil on the DUI charge. His girlfriend was told to back off or she too would be arrested. Ma'am, you need to walk away because you're starting to obstruct my investigation. If you want to go with him, I'd be happy to take you. Four deputies and the Venice officer went back through his car again, even checking the undercarriage of the vehicle, the tailpipe, and the gas tank. Finally ended up coming up with the half-smoked marijuana cigarette, which, you know, if it was really his, why didn't they go through with the charges? If the marijuana cigarette was actually this man's cigarette, why did they drop that charge? 
I have no idea. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, it's a, a really terrible uh, case that they had from the get-go, and the search was highly illegal. I mean, really, is that all it takes? Is that officer just claims to smell marijuana, and then they get to search your car? I think that's absolutely what it takes. I think they can do that. It's outrageous. Just like they can snap their fingers and get their drug dog to, to falsely alert so they can go through your car. McNeil owns a medical billing software company in Sarasota, has been in the business more than 20 years was arrested on marijuana possession charges back in 2005, though those were later dropped. So, you know, this guy is not a career criminal by any evidence, shape, or form. So, you know, it makes you wonder, why did they target him? It seems like there's a per- somebody somewhere was like, this guy, you know what I mean, just it had something against him. Maybe it was a family member of this cop. Maybe it was one of the other cops in the force. Who knows? But it seems personal to me. The man in question here, uh, the, the department's officer, Fornal, was recently pulled from the DUI enforcement unit and sent back to patrol. They claim he will now have more direct supervision, but they're going to more directly supervise him by not allowing him to have a camera in his car in the future. You explain that one to me. 855-450-FREE coming up. Your right to control your own body, at least as a young lady. Can you have your tubes tied? Julia will explain how difficult that process is. Hour two's up next. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. So, uh, so Julia, you had something you wanted to talk about tonight about uh, reproductive I guess, choice in that you should be able to choose to not reproduce. Right. So this is from Slate.com. And the name of the article is Sterilize Me, Please. Why is it so difficult for young women to get their tubes tied? And this is something that is very near and dear to my heart because I am somebody who has known for a long time that I do not want children. I feel very strongly about this. You're going to change your mind when you turn 30. Yes, exactly. Um, I've been saying this since I was 18 years old. People have been telling me I'm going to change my mind. It just seems to get stronger as I get older. And You mean your, your anti-children sentiments? Right. And, you know, I'm not anti-children in that when I see your kid, I'm going to kick him or push him down you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i don't if children talk to me i smile and talk back sometimes i see a child do a cute thing and i think oh that's kind of cute you know i'm not uh i'm not a grinch or anything like that but 
I enjoy my life. I understand how much work children are. And I just don't want that for myself. And more importantly, I don't want to give birth. So I decided when I was 22 or 21 that I wanted to be sterilized. I wanted to get my tubes tied. And I very quickly learned that you cannot do that. So like I said, this is something that's really personal for me. You can't do it. You cannot do it. Because uh, I got a vasectomy at age 23. But what, it was hard, right? There were people that tried to talk you out of it. They did try to talk me out of it, but I, don't know, I wouldn't say it was that hard. But it's harder for women. Like, I've never heard of anyone being able to get this done, even when you have kids. Like, you can have two kids at 23 and you want to get your tubes tied, and they'll say no, because you're 23. You could want more. Two is not enough. You could change your mind. Crazy. That is crazy. Uh, So this is by, let's see if there's an author right now, Uh, J. Brian Lauder. Mm -hmm. There are some people who don't want to have kids. Then there are some people who really don't want to have kids. As we learned from a recent Double X series of essays exploring this choice, some men and women never heed or feel the tick of the biological clock, but others are more proactive. Monica Trombley is in the the latter camp. As described in her piece, Trombley decided at age 26 that permanent sterilization by tubal ligation, a procedure colloquial called getting your tubes tied, was the right choice for her. I mean, these are effective methods of birth control. Vasectomy, tube, uh, tubal, what do they call it? Uh, tubal ligation. Tubal is, ligation. Yep. Uh, th- these are effective methods. I mean, th- th- it's not going to untie, right? Like, what are the odds that it's, it's going very, to very itself? It's very, very slim. I would say that it's more effective than pill birth control. So you don't have to, you know, dope yourself up on chemicals with the pills. You don't have to get a shot every three months. You don't have to use, you know, whatever other... Uh, there are a variety of right. uh, contraceptive methods. You don't have to go and spend, spend, spend on methods that are not foolproof. Uh, that uh, you know, some of them are pretty good, but they're not foolproof. You miss a day on that pill, and uh, you know that uh, that'll make you vulnerable. And even if you are taking it as prescribed, you're still vulnerable. There's, right. there's still that you know percentage chance that you could get pregnant. Well, like I have always taken uh, the shot, and um. One day, like you have to remember to get it done and they send you letters and stuff. But there was one time where I just forgot and now I have to start all over again. You know what I mean? So it's a pain. It's not it's not necessarily easy to remember every three months. That's kind of far apart. So it's not like you're thinking about it at all. And there were many times where I would get in on the last day because all of a sudden I'd remember, oh, no. I've got to go get the shot. And if you miss it, you have to start over again. And so I missed it recently this year, and now I have to start over again. It's mm. just a pain. So um, continuing this article, as Trombley quickly learned, many gynecologists disagreed. After consulting a number of doctors who tried to dissuade her from what she describes as paternalistic reasons, Trombley finally became <laughs> so ex- uh, exhausted that she actually considered inverting dangerous and unavoidable family members to order uh, in order to convince a doctor that she could not live in an environment fit for children. In the end, she found a specialist who, require, who required less. Why should an adult... So she did find someone to do she it? She did, which is amazing because I've never heard that. I've heard it's very hard. Hmm. They just won't do it. I don't know if they're afraid they're going to get sued or what, because I would be willing to sign something that says I'm not going to sue. And if I change my mind, there's lots of children out there that could be adopted. Lots of them. Of course. Why should an adult woman be forced to lie to her doctor about why she wants to be sterilized? 
Trombley's article inspired many, many readers to write in with similar tales of medical odysseys. Often, these women complained of being refrained uh, or referred from physician to physician only to receive a version of, you'll change your mind or mm. you'll regret this later in life. That drives me nuts. I know what's best for you. You're like me. You're like everyone else. That's what it's that says. It's so frustrating. While some were ultimately successful in their tube-tying quests, others simply gave up settling for a partner's vasectomy hmm. or contraception. Now, I will say that if your partner is willing to get a vasectomy and hopefully you are having sex with somebody who feels the same way about children as you, otherwise there could potentially be a lot of problems down the road. But mm-hmm. um, a vasectomy is a lot easier on the body right. and it's, it's a lot cheaper. Invasive. It's less invasive, so if you have that option, vasectomy is the way to go. Basically, they cut a little, couple little holes in your scrotum and right. then go in there and cut, cut, and but tie off. But it's nice to be in control of that because, like, as a woman, you're the one who, if you get pregnant, you're going to have to carry the baby to term or get the abortion and deal with the emotional pain of that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like being in control. You know what I mean? And if I had that done, I would feel 100% in control in that area, in which I feel very strongly about. Well, uh, okay. Uh, so while others uh, were successful, some gave up. All expressed anger in the resistance they encountered in getting what they assumed to be an uncontroversial and wholly elective, even socially responsible procedure. That's another thing that's interesting about it is the socially responsible aspect. I mean, I, I don't believe this. I think this is a myth. But you always hear all these people saying like, oh, we're overpopulated. But, you know, so you yeah. would think that. People would would be like, oh, great. You don't want to have kids. There's way too many of them anyway. Well, you know, I don't agree with the the claim that there's overpopulation because there sure is a hell of a lot of empty space. I mean, if you look at the population maps of this country, it's mostly empty space. So overpopulation, not true. But are there too many kids? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at the people, like you said, of the the kids that are in adoption centers and orphanages. Right. There's more kids than can be taken care of. Let's go to Dirk. He's in Ohio. Uh, Dirk, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Uh, yeah, I, I was calling because uh, actually me and my wife had the same problem of getting her tubes tied. Dirk, are you talking right into your phone? You sound a little muffled. Oh, sorry. Is that better? Not really, but go ahead quickly with yeah, your thoughts. Okay. So, so me and my wife had the same problem of trying to get her tubes tied. Um, we don't have kids, and we were in our mid-20s at that point. Mm-hmm. She was 24, we were 24 and 25. And it took five different gynecologists and five years until she managed to find a gynecologist that would do it without five years. Five, yeah, five years. Wow. Why did it take so long? Like you couldn't just call like five gynecologists in one week and and figure that out. Well, that's the thing. We, we, it kept going on and on, and like by the time we found this this one. Um, it has, since we had been doing it for five years, she's like, well, you haven't changed your mind. You've been consistent about the whole thing, trying to find it. So she finally gave in and and agreed to do it. <laughs> what did but, it cost? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Health insurance covered most of it. So Interesting. It like That's I didn't, cool. I didn't know that health insurance covered that sort of thing. Yeah, it was like two grand. I think the total bill was something like 12, but we only paid about two. Wow. Thanks for sharing your stories tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Glad it ended up working out. And uh, 
uh, thank you again. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I'm fortunate. I didn't have that much trouble as a 23-year-old man uh, trying to go and get a vasectomy. They did attempt to you know, talk me out of it. Well, what if you might want a kid someday? I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure I don't. If I do, I can adopt. And that was really all I had to do was just tell them once that, no, I'm going to go through with this. And they were all right. For me, it was only 700 bucks, so I, I just wonder what... And I didn't have any kind of insurance, so that was a cash payment. 700 right. bucks, and I was done. I mean, I've never spent a dollar on uh, on a condom in my life. 855-450-3733. You take control. Share your experience. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-450-3733. That's 1-855-450-FREE. Tonight in the studio with you, it's Ian. And Julia. And maybe you've got a comment on the question of being a young lady and trying to get your tubes tied. How difficult this is. How? What has your experience been? Maybe you're somebody who's on the other side. Maybe you are one of these people working in the doctor's office or the gynecologist or whoever it is that you go to see about this. Who, who do you go and see? In, uh, a gynecologist. Because for, for, uh, for man, it's a urologist that uh, really? does that job. Yeah. And uh, maybe you're working in this office. Maybe you are one of these people trying to talk these young ladies out of doing it. Why? Why when faced with somebody who is very crystal clear about what they want in life, would you attempt to try to tell them they're wrong or well, that they're going to change their mind and that they shouldn't do this? I, what really bothers me about it is it seems to me that when people have children, they there's a biological reason for this, too. They they have this incredible love for their children and they can't imagine life without them. And so this mm-hmm. is what they say, like, you know, I didn't want children either. But when I had my children, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And. You know, that's you. Everyone says that. And that's great. And I have no doubt that if I gave birth to a child, that I would feel that same love for that child because biologically I'm built to love that child so I can help it survive. Like that's my job in life at that point in time, mm-hmm. right? That's That makes sense. But just because you would love your child when you've had one doesn't mean that you can't be happier without one. And maybe, you know, some people love children. My mom loves kids. She spends a lot of time, uh, you know, helping poor kids out, like buying them Christmas presents and spending time with them and stuff like that, volunteering. And that's great for her. But I'm just not really a kid person. Yeah. And if I want to spend time with kids, I could absolutely spend time with kids. I really choose to avoid them, to be honest, but I have plenty of cousins and I have plenty of friends who have kids. And if I really wanted to spend more time with them, I could easily do it. I uh, got the opportunity recently to spend time with Jack uh, as Mark and uh, Laura, his wife and uh, Jack and I all went down to New York City for uh, the remote that we did last week from Bid Instance headquarters. And uh, you know what? I... I could understand why uh, people like, you know, spending time with Jack. He's uh, a nice 
young man who is very funny and says yeah. silly things. And, you know, I get it. I, I can see that. But I don't want it for my life. Right. I don't I want think that, that responsibility. Uh, I can barely get through my email box, let alone take care of my somebody besides myself. Right. I think that there is a very interesting biological aspect to having kids. I think that watching a human being grow, it would be cool. You know what I mean? Like just from, from that aspect, the uh, watching them like learn new things. I mean, when they're babies, they discover their hands and feet. You know what I mean? And, and then they learn how to walk. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see this all happening. And I think that's really cool from a biological standpoint. That's... That sounds like it'd be interesting, but it, it's not for me, and it doesn't sound like it's worth it to me. I, like I enjoy my life, I am uh, I I really like improving myself. You know, if I had a kid right now, I would instantly become white trash because I'd be so <laughs> poor. I would be so poor. You know, I'm making ends eat, meat. I'm putting some money away. That goes away when you have kids. All right. So if you've got an experience you want to share here, and I know there's more to the story over at Slate.com. We might be able to share some of that, too. Uh, the number is one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And I mentioned BitInstant because uh, we did go there last week in the New York City, uh, Manhattan area. They've got some offices they just opened up. And if you don't know what BitInstant is all about, first, you need to learn about Bitcoins. You can learn more about Bitcoins over at WeUseCoins.org. But basically, Bitcoins allow you to send and receive payments to and from anyone anywhere in the world. I had somebody call me this week from Florida who needed a little bit of money. And I, I sent I sent it to her begrudgingly because I had to use Western Union. And they charged a $17 fee wow. on a $50 transaction. Wow. I paid seven almost you know not, not quite half. That's like <laughs> 33%. Yeah. yeah, it's it's huge. I paid a huge fee to send that money down there. If I had sent that with Bitcoin, it would have been a zero dollar fee yeah a zero cent fee because bitcoin doesn't have the overhead bitcoin isn't some sort of corporate currency it's not a government currency it's completely decentralized it's a true free market currency and you can get some of them at bitinstant.com that's what bitinstant's all about it's about making it easy for you to get uh, bitcoin you've done this you've gone yep. through bitinstant it is very easy and uh, bitinstant.com is where you can go to do that let's go to the phones jay is listening in indiana to wxnt in the indianapolis area jay you're on free talk live Hey, long time no talk. Welcome, sir. It's been a while since I've called in. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, it, interesting topic, interesting point of view. I never really thought of that before, but I was wondering if I could steer the conversation in a little bit different direction. Being from Indiana, I discovered a darker side of our state's history, kind of related to what you're talking about, but like I said, the darker side or the antithesis of it. And that was, for the first time ever in the history of the world, the first ever eugenics-based law for mandatory sterilization was passed in 1907 here in Indiana. Mandatory sterilization. Yes, where the state, back when states used to run the um, hospitals for mentally ill Mm -hmm. and indigent people, um, basically it was the first law ever that said if the state if somebody is a ward of the state, the state has the right to determine that that person is no longer going to be allowed to reproduce. Mm. And um, I cannot remember, the. I think, the name of the law that Virginia passed later, because they realized Indiana's law was too weak, because eugenics, you, might, you know, you can look up the history of eugenics in the United States, and it will scare you. Um Virginia then passed their own law, and I think it was called the Racial Purity Act. 
Oh, boy. And there was a case that was brought all the way up to the Supreme Court where a doctor had a young woman in his charge in a state-run institution, and he said she has the IQ of a 9-year-old, but she's 24 years old. So I am saying that she needs to be sterilized and no longer be allowed to reproduce. And the state said, yes, that by all means, that's what needs to be done. And then it was challenged. And then the Supreme Court, shockingly, back then, ruled in the decision in favor of the law of Virginia. And that ruling still stands today of eight to one. So meaning that in Virginia and presumably in other places, people under the state's control can be sterilized? Yes, because it's never, that ruling has never been overturned to my knowledge. I can't remember the exact name of the case, but if you look it up on Wikipedia and other websites, it, it was the doctor's last name versus the young woman, and it was her last name. You know what's crazy? Uh, What's crazy about that is that there I hear people say this all the time, like just casually. You know, if you're talking about people who can't ha- take care of their kids and things mm-hmm. like that, th- people will actually say, we have to get a driver's license to drive. You should have to get a license to get a kid. They do say that. Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. And like, I'm one of the people that does have children. And I can't imagine life without it, as you were explaining a few minutes ago, Miss. But at the same time, I respect your point of view, and it's, if you have the freedom and the responsibility, then so be it. You know, if, like you said, if, if you're being a responsible person and you've decided that kids are not for you, nobody should be able to tell you that, you know, you can't have yourself sterilized, but by the same token, the state certainly no doubt about it, Jay, and I appreciate your call. Thanks for bringing that yeah. aspect up uh, of this, and I think it deserves more uh, discussion. So we'll come back and do that here in a moment. one 450 That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and of course, you can bring up anything you want. You don't have to comment on this one topic, but certainly you're welcome to do that as well. Maybe you want to tell us your stories about being a young lady trying to get your tubes tied and uh, failing or succeeding. Or 855-450-FREE for anything you want. one 450 free talk of that same old government-free baklava from Madrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. You can see them. And become one of them if you're a lady listener. Get the details over at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Oh, oh, Mark, you're here now. That's Sorry, right. we turned your microphone on. <laughs> Shown up. Mail to jail is uh, mail to dash two dash jail dot com is now making it possible to donate directly to your favorite political prisoners using bitcoins. You can do, uh, donate directly to a demo. Our uh, former Tuesday night host, who's now in jail for. 
talking on the telephone to bureaucrats and recording that and asking for comment and recording it. Anyway, um, or any other jailed liberty activist with bitcoins. You can also support mail to mail-to-jail.com's great work. You just say mail-to-jail.com. You can easier. say mail-to-jail.com. That's right. They've uh, they've gotten both of those mm-hmm. uh, those URLs now um, to their great work directly if that's what you wish to do. And if you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment and you want to support liberty at the same time, buy them from memorydealers.com. All right, so Mark, you're here uh, half half the way through the show. We can talk later about why that is because it's kind of interesting. Uh, but first, we'll go to the phones here uh, to bring you and any listeners up to speed who are just tuning in. We've been talking about an article that originated from Slate.com, talking about how difficult it is for younger ladies, particularly, to get their tubes tied. People like Julia, who absolutely are firm on their belief. That they are not interested in having children at any point in their lives. And, uh, you know, the point being, look, if I want to have a, a child, I can adopt one if necessary. I would like to tie my tubes and basically have, um, as the article's writer describes it, paternalistic gynecologists uh, basically saying, well, you don't know what you want and uh, you might change your mind. So therefore, I can't do this for you. And we had a guy call in a moment ago who said that uh, his lady had a five-year odyssey of going through five different gynecologists before they actually found one that was willing to you know, uh, to do the job. If we lived in a society where there weren't all these safety nets, maybe people would think about uh, responsibility a lot more and would be less likely to make those sort of decisions. You know what I mean? Like we have so many safety nets in our life in so many different areas with the state particularly. And it's like if we make mistakes, we can always go back on it. There's there's all kinds of things that protect us. So if we actually had to learn from our mistakes from a young age and there was less of that, then maybe all of us would be better at really thinking about the consequences of what we do. Is there like, any evidence that uh, gynecologists aren't providing uh, was tubal ligations yeah. because the state tells them they shouldn't or just because they're making that decision for themselves? I have not heard I have not heard that. that either. Let's go to Stephanie. She's on the line. Uh, Stephanie, our... Uh, Friendly Sunday Night co-host and also the host of Pork Therapy at PorkTherapy.com. That's P-O-R-C, PorkTherapy.com. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. Thank you. Uh, I had to call in about this because um, I actually, well, I'm first of all, I'm a medical student. And also, I know many women who have had the same exact problem that, you know, Julia brought up with not being able to get access to uh, permanent birth control. And... Ironic. I find it so ironic because people often have more well-thought-out reasons for not wanting to have children than they do for having children. I agree. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, lots of kids are accidents. Yeah, about half of all pregnancies are unplanned is the last statistic that I saw, which is shocking. And you would think that people who work in OBGYN would want to help prevent that. But I actually do think I agree with the author of this article that there definitely is a current or an undercurrent of paternalism in among a lot of OBGYNs. And um, his, if you look back at history, like things that they used to do to, for instance, pregnant women, like when they were giving birth, they would give them these drugs like as late as like the 1920s and 30s that would basically like make them forget what was happening. And they'd like the women would be like thrashing around in pain and they would tie them to beds because it was inconvenient for the doctors and just all this crazy stuff. And of course, you know, there was the eugenics movement and everything. And I I even think today that some of that sentiment of just wanting to control women and some of the reasons that certain types of people go into OBGYN no, is, wait a is motivated by that. 
this one thing this article hasn't made clear is these gynecologists that are against or that are just refusing to do the the procedure of tubal ligation uh you know what hasn't been made clear is whether they're all male or if it's also female gynecologists that are refusing to do it yeah and i wouldn't i mean i bet that there are some maybe authoritarian female gynecologists who who want to be the ones making that decision too uh but historically the profession has been male dominated it's only starting to change like pretty recently hmm. if you take a, a long view i and i Oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. Well, I was going to say, I actually have a female gynecologist, and when I went in to get the depot shot, um, I spoke with her then about how I eventually wanted a tubal ligation. I felt very strongly about it, and she was actually really impressed. She told me that she was really, uh, she didn't often hear people say that they knew what they wanted so strongly, and she, mm-hmm. so I, I felt really good about that conversation and felt like maybe in the future she might be willing to uh, do that for me. You know, um, I I just did pop in on this, and it's probably been an hour and a half about talking about how young people really know what they want for the rest of their lives. No, the first hour was completely different. But I've got to say, um, you know, I was a person who didn't want children at all um, for, you know, my whole life. My wife demanded that I uh, that we have a child, and, you know, I gave in to the point that she was ready to leave, kind of demanded. Mm, yeah. I gave in, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I so suspect it, well, yeah, you know, We, we it talked be, about that. It might be cliched. Ian, but it's true. I don't doubt Do you want it. To come up with different terminology in order to make it less cliche. I mean, it's just true. I so, believe it. And it, it right. And it's so. What I've got to say from this is, is that maybe there's some gynecologists out there that have had this similar experience, and they say to themselves, you know what? I'm not going to step in the way of this person having this happen. I'm a free individual who practices my business freely, and, and doesn't gonna, recognize your freedom to no, make no, no. You, your choice. You don't choice. have any freedom when it comes to my job. None. I'm not saying I do. I'm not your slave. I don't give out tubal ligations to people that I don't want to right, give them okay, to. Right, okay, and I don't go to you as a gynecologist. Fine, and I'm sure that they decide okay. that. Well, one of the things that I think maybe a gynecologist could do if they were uncomfortable doing a permanent procedure like a tubal ligation, which can be very invasive, actually. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. that is a surgery, so that's one thing to consider. Um, you know, maybe they could at least discuss some other options with women, like IUDs, which are, they can last for, you know, five years, they're, they can be drug-free or a little bit of hormones in it, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about it for another five years. But Interuterine device? Yes. Okay. I believe and that's I the think, most popular kind of birth control in the wor- rest of the world. Actually, vasectomy is the most popular. Okay. Yeah. But it is, but it is very popular. I think vasectomy followed by withdrawal method, actually, worldwide, <laughs> is the most popular. And, you know, supposedly they say withdrawal works about 96% of the time if it's practiced perfectly. So there you go. Yeah, I'm, you know, it wouldn't be the thing that would make me the most comfortable withdrawal method. But it's not like like, uh, the vast majority of us sitting around here humming and hoeing and digging our toe into the carpet haven't used it. Most people don't don't do it perfectly. Yeah. Stephanie, anything else you want to share? Um. No, that's it. Great discussion. Thanks for I like the call. Subject. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. I think the disappointment, you know, maybe from my outside perspective, 
would be that, yeah, on one hand, the doctor obviously gets to choose what sort of uh, things that they're going to do as far as, you know, sure. what they're willing to do, what they feel comfortable with doing. But it's a shame that, uh, you know, that they that some doctors won't respect, like they would be willing to do it on someone else, but not a younger person well, because they don't respect the, the wishes of their customer. And, you know, to me, business is all about customer service. I want to give customers what they want. If I'm willing to do a tubal ligation on a woman who's 60 or 50 or whatever, but I'm not a woman who's 25, that seems... If, if I was a doctor and I had a patient that was in terrible, uh, ter- terrible pain with a terminal illness that asked me to die, I'd give it to them. If I had a 17-year-old that liked to cut themselves that wanted me to kill them, I wouldn't. And these are choices that doctors make for themselves. And to take that choice away from them is anat- antithetical to freedom. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I don't think anyone's advocating taking their choice from them. Nope. It's just a shock that they could be so... Uh, anti-customer service i think in this particular case do your do your customer what they want i mean she's clear she wants it more coming up the three most important things you can do for free talk live are one share one episode a week on facebook or in some other social networking site two buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com three give three bucks a month to the amp program It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. If you've got an experience with trying to get a, a tubal ligation or even a vasectomy, maybe you are a man who had a real difficult time getting a vasectomy at a young age. I've heard there are those stories as well. It wasn't my experience, thank goodness. The first urologist I went to... They had I, a long talking to with you, though, They right? had a little talking to and just like, well, you know, some guys regret it later on. You sure you're not going to regret it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, get, just snip me. And, uh, you know, that was cool. And I actually stayed awake through through that uh, procedure. It was- well, I think that for guys in tubal ligations, there's a, there's a certain level of difference um, because a, a man can make a deposit of sperm at a sperm bank, keep it there. And then have a two, and then have the, uh, the the vasectomy, and then choose when they want to d- release the sperm. By the way, the sperm will be genetically superior to the sperm that you will produce later, decades later in your life. So you still have all the decisions of a reproductive man that women don't have. Okay, yeah, they didn't present that option to me, so that wasn't really a factor. They probably don't have space at a sperm bank. In my decision. Yeah. My biggest uh, complaint about. Having a baby is that I I do not want to give birth. I have no interest whatsoever in giving birth. I don't like it. That sounds pretty frightening. Uh, I just don't want to, you know, obviously I don't have to go through that, but I just don't don't want to deal with the responsibility. Yeah, I don't want a kid either. It's but hard if I, enough to have an animal, let alone a, a child. Yeah. If I change my mind, I would want to adopt no matter what. I do not want to give birth. I felt very strongly about this. And I know Mark called me young and I am still young, but I'm 27, so I'm not, I'm not, 19 anymore and i still feel this way yeah you know i mean i and i understand why somebody would want it i just you know I, when it comes down to the doctor the may, the doctor is going to make their decision but I they agree. Do this the claim regular. is that you change in your 30s right isn't that the big claim that like you know that's when the biological clock starts ticking and so 
Julia, you're going to change at like age in the early 30s. You're going to go baby crazy. Maybe that's true. But <laughs> I can't imagine changing my position on giving if birth. If happens, so baby I'll crazy. be crazy. Well, I, yeah. I think that it would... You know, it'd be really upsetting to have a child before you went baby crazy by accident. I mean, this is, you know, yeah. who wants this? Who wants to, you know, end up in an abortion situation? I don't know how you feel particularly about abortions, uh, Julia, but I tend to think that they are not a moral act. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 a tough scenario to be put in. I don't consider uh, having a tubal ligation to be an immoral act. I mean, I don't know that there are religious people that, that do believe that. I would get an abortion the second I found out I'm pregnant. Now, to be fair... I'm not out there sleeping with a bunch of people irresponsibly. I always uh, take birth control. I've always taken steps to ensure that I'm not going to get pregnant. So it's not like I'm being irresponsible. But if it happens, I'm sorry. I'm getting an abortion. Is it more immoral uh, the longer you wait? I would say that would be the argument for I would sure. S- certainly say that that would be the case. So, uh, Julia, what, is there more to this story here from Slate.com about young women? Yeah, it's a pretty to- long article, but there's a little bit about the doctor's point of view, so I kind of wanted to read that. Okay, yeah. Um, go ahead. From a doctor's point of view, just because a patient can have a procedure doesn't necessarily mean she should. A gynecologist who practices uh, in Winchester, Virginia, has never outright refused to do a tubal ligation on a patient who's qualified. She does everything she can, though, to encourage an alternative course of action. And I think that is reasonable. If you're somebody who is uncomfortable giving tubal ligations, maybe you could recommend um, talking to them for a while. Like, okay, I'm willing to do this procedure in a year if we meet and discuss other options and you still feel very strongly about it. But that's ex- going to be expensive, the doctor's time with they're cutting, true, cutting on your... The gentleman, who, a gentleman called before you came in and he said that he had to do this with five doctors and it took five years for them to do it. So apparently this is what a lot of women go through if you want this procedure bad enough. Mm. I would recommend just seeing if you can get your boyfriend to get a vasectomy if he feels the same way. But... Vasectomies are certainly easier, and they're you know a lot less expensive to try to uh, you know reverse. Although now, they're expensive to reverse. If I'm recalling correctly, and I may be it may be incorrect because it's been almost a decade now since I had mine. Uh, but uh, yes, they are more expensive to reverse, and the longer you wait, the more or the less likely the reversal is to be a success. If I'm recalling correctly. I don't so, really remember from when I had mine. Like, if I were to want to reverse it now, it probably would be not very likely. Like, if I'd wanted to reverse it within the first few years of uh, the vasectomy, maybe it would have been a more successful likelihood of, uh, you know, a completion on that surgery. But uh, over time, it gets less and less successful. Couldn't say. Couldn't, that's, I can't that's, remember. As I recall, you know, again, if you know more, if you are uh, working in the field or have extensive uh, experience with vasectomies, 855-450-FREE. My personal opinion is that the only time a tubal ligation is, repur- is re- preferable to LARC's long-acting reversible contraception uh, for someone who is done with childbearing is if it's done during a C-section where it is a minor part of an otherwise major surgery. Because you're already in there. Right. That makes sense. Otherwise, you expose someone to surgical risk without any improvement in efficiency, a higher risk of ectopic pregnancy due to a procedural failure and the issue of regret. I genuinely believe that a That's tubal... That's a good point. It is a surgery and you could die from surgery. Yes. Uh, I generally believe that a tubal ligation is not the best option of con- for contraception for most people. My understanding is that it can be. It takes a while to recover from a tubal ligation. It does, probably. probably takes a little while to have from having your stomach cut open. Yeah, but... I mean, it takes a little while to cover from a C-section, so that makes sense. Same stuff. So, uh, so... 
Do you want one of these? I mean, with that in mind, I mean, this is a surgery. <clears throat> that's kind of a scary aspect of it. Obviously, if you're, if you're a man, they only have to make a couple incisions in your scrotum. It's no big deal. I came and did the show after the night that yeah. uh, you know I had mine done. I mean, I was wide awake through the whole thing. It wasn't a big deal oh, at no, all. Oh, no. They gave me some pill, uh, like a Xanax or something like that. And really? I was, well, I'm, I, I'm, very, I'm very sensitive to drugs. So They just did a local uh, anesthetic on me. and mm-hmm. I, like, I, c- I could have watched them if I wanted to go in there. I decided not to. Yeah, they gave me a Xanax, and I was completely out. We had a chat. He was from New Hampshire. He told me about uh, going to college up here, and this was, you know, down in Florida. So we had a nice little chat while he was tying off my tubes, and was like, you could feel a little tugging, tugging down there, but that was about it. Yeah, um, I would consider, I, I would prefer a vasectomy. That would be my first choice um, for your partner. For my partner, because I do believe that, uh, you know, the tubal ligation is an invasive surgery. Um, if I was with someone though. You know, a few years down the line who was unwilling to get a vasectomy, then I would definitely strongly consider it. I now, mean, what about the inter what was it in the IUDs inter uterine? Yeah, um, I like IUDs. I, my one problem with IUDs and Stephanie could probably clarify this. I know you can't call twice in one right. night, so maybe I'll just ask her someday. But um, there's different kinds of IUDs. And from what I've read, the most common kind used in the United States, which is not the most common kind used in the rest of the world, people don't like it as much. Mm. Like there's, I think, copper ones are what they use in the rest of the world. And there's like a plastic one that I think releases hormones here in the United States. People have a lot of complaints about it. So I kind of... You just go down to Mexico, get yourself an idea. Yeah, I yeah, need to go somewhere great. else and get... I don't know if Mexico is <laughs> where I want to go, but... Um, so that kind of bothers me about it. I mean, I would consider it, but I've just I've read a lot of uh, complaints about the hmm. brands that they use here in the United States for some reason. Does that I, I, again? I don't know much about uh, you know the internal workings of all that, but do, does the IUD interfere with sex in any way, shape, or form? No, no, okay. it goes inside the uterus. Gotcha. So there's your penis would never be inside the uterus. That would be Understood. weird. And uncomfortable, I'm Sounds sure. Like it's difficult <laughs> it's to, just uh, barbed wire they shove up there to keep you from uh, going in. Difficult to get... Uh, <laughs> What's the problem? It works great. Yeah. yeah. And, and they last for like five years? Five years, yep. I think there's a few kinds that last for three, and there's a few kinds that last for five. Why does it last for... I mean, it's if it's a Why piece it of away? copper, what, that's not going to just... You have to get it removed and then reinserted. I see. So... Some of them release hormones that uh, I believe they can. The hormone ones convince your body that you're already pregnant, so the eggs don't get released. Is oh, the idea? Mm-hmm. And the regular ones, there's just some since there's something in your uterus um, that just it, assumes your body detects right that. exactly, so it doesn't release eggs. So I believe does that's that mean the you case. don't have periods? With the IUD? Um, uh, my understanding with the IUD is that it varies. Like some some people get heavier periods, some people get lighter periods, some people don't get them. Um, that was one of my favorite side effects of the shot, the depot shot is I don't, I don't get periods when I take the depot shot and it is awesome. That's like, I'll take one, it till I'm 50 years old as far as I'm concerned. But if you miss a shot, then it's, it's back. Yeah. Then it's and back. every six months, right? The shot? Every three. every three months. Every three. Okay. Yeah. And what's the percentage of, uh, like what's the protection percentage? I don't know what the right term is. It's very high. It's in the, definitely in the high 90s. And what about the IUD? Is that even um, Also very high in the high 90s. I will actually, I'm going to look up those numbers in a second because I'd like to see that. So there you go. If, again, you want to share your experience uh, on this, you're certainly welcome to. I'm glad that you're here, Julia, because obviously a couple guys talking about this wouldn't make any sense uh, whatsoever. You can tell how much I know about the topic. Yeah, Next I, to zero. <laughs> always... Always thought, you know, all the, the girls I ever dated were taking pills, so, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't like the pill. 
I don't like to like remember to have to take Every it. Every day, right? Yeah. And if you mess up, it could be really trouble. Yep. All right. 855-450-3733. Did you know they found themselves a mummy dinosaur? Pretty cool. We'll tell you a little bit more about that. You can also bring up anything that you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Create the content on the site, the stuff you see on the front page, all those news articles uh, were submitted by listeners just like you. Maybe it was you. You can go to freetalklive.com and submit whatever you want. So you find something online that you think is interesting, submit the URL, write a short description of it, and it'll pop up on our upcoming stories page. Now, when uh, when you're visiting the website, one of the first things you should do is check the upcoming stories page to see what's fresh. And that's where you can vote on uh, whatever's there. So you can vote up if you like, vote down if you dislike, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. Now, you can still vote on the things on the front page as well, but they've already made it to the front page, so there's not much that you're going to do there at that point. Uh, so the most Keep them at the top. Yeah, I guess it could help. Honestly, I don't know how the algorithm works. Uh, I don't either. I find it stunning. I mean, it's you know, not by, 12 votes will be all the way down the page, four right. votes will be at the top. It's, I, not, uh, it's not by raw numbers. There's uh, there's some time frame aspect to it as well. Yes. Uh, so anyway, you can go to freetalklive.com, get interactive there, and actually create the content of the site. All of it was put there by listeners like you. Freetalklive.com to the phones and whatever's on your mind. Coming up, a dinosaur mummy has been found. Dalton is in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live, Dalton. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your I mind? Heard, uh, Julia talking about IUDs and something about how um, the copper ones aren't common in the United States or something like that? This is my experience just based on reading reviews online of people okay. who've had them. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend got one almost a year ago now, actually. Um, so you, you can't get them in the United States. Um, she didn't go through too much trouble um, getting one. Her gynecologist kind of gave it to her as an option right off the bat. So... Um, you, you shouldn't have too much trouble. Wait, you, didn't you say you can't get uh, no, Dalton? Didn't you say that you can't get one in the United States? No, you can. That's you what can. I meant to say. Oh, okay. So, Dalton, let me get this straight. Yeah, yeah. Are you and your girlfriend living in sin? <laughs> uh, you could say that. <laughs> well, do you? I mean, I I don't know if you would know something like this, but do you know the brand? Because it's my. What I was saying is, I think there are two brands yeah. that are very popular in the United States, and. I just read a lot of complaints about those brands and saw that there was apparently some um, brands that aren't really offered in the United States. Yeah, that bit escaped me. I could, I would have yeah. a girlfriend, but she's just right. here right now. Um, I do know that there is a, a period of discomfort you, you'll have to go through after um, they insert it 
for, uh, well, it depends on the person, but anywhere from a week to a month. But after that, you're, you're free and clear. So you can get the copper one. So that's, that's the main point I was trying to say. Good to know. Yay, discomfort. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was grumpy for a little bit, but um, it's, it's worth the trouble, I think. Yeah, and if you don't, glad to see you approve. A little, a little bit of discomfort compared to the risk of surgery. I don't know. I, I it would be hard to make a. It would be a lot harder to make the choice to get uh, tubes tied as a woman than it was to have a vasectomy as a man. I, I can only imagine how, you know, serious the risk is of uh, of the surgery yeah. there. The thing with the IUD too is, um, I know Julia, you're you're pretty sure you're not going to change your mind, but if for some reason there's a freak accident and you do change your mind. You can take the IUD out, and then you're good to go. At least that's how it's supposed to work. So. Dalton, thanks for the. Uh, what, what, by the way, did it cost? By the way, to have that uh, inserted? Um, I think uh, she said six hundred dollars. So for f- over five wow. years of uh, effectiveness, it's like a lot cheaper than pills. The copper one is supposed to last for ten years. Oh actually. wow! Well, yeah, there you go. It seems like a no-brainer. Then go go the uh, the copper one. But that yeah, now the copper one doesn't. It doesn't have the uh, the the hormones. No, just the copper. The copper um, interacts with the chemistry in the uh, uterus there, and it makes an environment hostile to sperm. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I yeah. appreciate the info, Dalton, and thanks for the call. Eight five five four fifty free. You can bring up anything. Ian is on the line, listening in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, uh so I kind of wanted to. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I, uh, I called in uh, yesterday, actually, at the, I guess at the end of the show, so I didn't have a chance to say anything. Uh, I wanted to talk about, like, libertarian communism, anarcho-syndicalism type stuff. Libertarian communism. Can you define that for me? Uh, the, the libertarian was first used in a political sense. Uh, uh, Someone wrote a letter to Perdon about uh, saying he wasn't a libertarian, he was an anarchist. Back, inaugural uh, communism, which was written before, when it was used first as alternative to anarchism, because they would arrest you for having a group called anarchist, anar- group anarchist, you'd be arrested, right? Then so, what was used as an alternative? Libertarian was libertarian. first used. Okay. And then later, uh, during the twenties, I think. So, what? It, how do you define by, libertarian communism? Uh, or private property. Which is not like it's obviously not going to be a communal hairbrush, but like I wish a private ownership of the means of production. Hold on, what's the word you're using? Ab- are you saying abolish? Abol- abolition of private property and uh, owners and worker self-management being the like economic democracy where everyone who has a stake in uh, the social in production it ha- has a voice in how things are produced. So Does that make sense. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, you know, one of the things it's so these ideas aren't new, and ideas of co-ops and things like that are relatively common. Communes, things like that, and these ideas have pretty much been vetted up up to this point, and they're not terribly efficient uh, means of production. They don't, they, you know, they, th- these systems aren't the best way to get things done. Um, there's this, uh, you know, just, just four college roommates sharing a dormitory and you can find out kind of what, uh, what, what the no ownership of the uh, means of production might be like. Yeah. I've been to communes before and uh, you know, they, they didn't impress me. They didn't, weren't really kept very clean. It was my experience. That's not to say there aren't some out there that run like a, you know, a tight, 
chip and uh, like clockwork. And, I think people should be free to set one up if that's right. what they want to do. Right. So I guess the ultimate question really is, does your vision of libertarian communism, for you know, lack of a better term here, uh, anarcho-syndicalism perhaps, does your uh, vision of that – does that allow other people to still hold the idea of property, or does everyone in the world have to abolish that idea? I think uh, I would uh, be fine with people doing it. My only problem is I think I I think that definitely cap- capitalism is, in, is unsustainable. So eventually, because capitalism is unsustainable, a capitalist society would have to invade the area, uh, the communist area, just because it's the only way for it to have an endless a cycle of production would be for there to be a war going on. Like, uh... What do you define capitalism as? Sorry, that was my brother who's a little bitch. (laughs) All right, well, keep him away from the phone so we can have a conversation for adults. Uh, Keep him away. Sorry, that was my brother. Hello? You are still on the air, but not for long. Did you want to answer Mark? I don't know if he heard your question, Mark. Okay. So, um, what was my question, Ian? The question out. was uh, about capitalism, defining capitalism. Yeah, what is your definition of capitalism? Because you say that capitalism can't, uh, you know, so, so, sort of. Yes, I got gotcha. you. Um, capitalism can't sustain itself without, uh, uh, you know. It, it, but, All right, we're going to drop your call. See you later. Uh, so, anyway, Mark, your point was? I, you know, I mean, when it comes to. I like the idea of people experimenting with different ideas, and I think that when you try innovative things, it should come up likely to come up with something better. But at this point, the thing that I define as capitalism, and I understand that my definition of capitalism doesn't reach other people's definition definition of capitalism. A lot of people define what we have today as capitalism, and I don't define it that way. To me, capitalism is an unfettered free market. Now, I know that scares the heck out of people, but most of the scariest things about free markets come from governments or other agencies of force. Capitalism has no mechanism for an agency of force in it. So you can't be forced to do anything you don't want to do inside capitalism. Capitalism is all about voluntary interaction. People that become wealthy in a capitalist system, not what we have today, but a real capitalist system, people are wealthy for two reasons currently. Either A, they use the government in order to get what they want, whether it's inside or outside the system, or B, they provide goods and services to people who want those goods and services, and they provide the best service possible. B I think, is a good choice. I think it's a mistake to define the free market as uh, capitalism. There's more that can be uh, encompassed in the free market. People sure. can have co-ops and cooperatively own things within the free market. Work. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number 1-855-450-3733. 
You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com features including the mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can have quick access to our live streams in broadband, midband, and narrowband versions. Different size connection or different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. Go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com to get access. That's m.freetalklive.com with you tonight. It's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Right back to you and your thoughts. And you can bring up anything you want. Kurt is listening to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. What's on your mind? Kurt in Hi. Phoenix. Hello. Hello, you there? Yes, we hear you. Go ahead, sir. Yes, I want to talk to you about these Interpol hacking. Uh, uh, That's right. Uh, you know, uh, these hackers. Go ahead. I was just going to bring our listeners up to speed. The XM audience is hearing our show two hours after it actually happened. So uh, to anyone just tuning in, you're referring to the fact that the uh, hacktivists in Anonymous have taken down Interpol's website uh, as well as another uh, British police site, which is and pretty And like some news. pedophilia site and you know all kinds of stuff, right? I, I didn't yeah. hear about that part, but uh, yeah, maybe so. Uh, Kurt, go ahead. Yeah, these, uh, these people are hacking down the, these sites. Not just the Interpol site, which is it's Interpol. You know, that's a serious business. Interpol is a you know a global operation, and it's just it's just the beginning of it. You know, the same people that are doing this, like oh, it's like you guys are referring like it's like oh, it's just innocent. Like you know, they're just like you know uh, for the cause. It's it's these heroic. Same people, these same people are going to hack other things, and they're small-minded nobodies who don't have enough. You know what? to stand up and go down to Interpol and actually state their cases. And they hide behind like, When was the last time like the government did. listened to anybody who was stating their case? I mean, come on. Governments don't listen to people stating their case. Right. I mean, look, I get it, man. I the, What they're doing, they don't have to stand out on Front Street. They don't have to be identified, and it's useful for them not to be identified, so these when Interpol you, thugs can't up, target them. If you stand up, if you, if you believe in something, you just you just go take care of business. You state your case, and these people hide behind their computers. Maybe they don't they want hide. to get beaten and locked into a uh, you know some sort of a holding cell for the rest well, of their lives, like Bradley Manning. Holding anything, I've well, done this. Okay, I never got beat. You've done I never what? Got, you know, I, I state my case. What'd you do? About anything that I have a problem with, and I've never What, what did you do? Was. Give me a, give me a specific example of what you've done. Okay, <laughs> actually. Um, Nah, I, I really am. I get trouble for one. Uh, oh, I thought you were so brave oh, and standing up. Are you up hiding and, behind okay, your... Wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I got a problem with uh, with people um, uh, standing in my yard. That's not okay. the government. Protesters standing in my yard on my property. Okay, do you think I'm afraid to go out and tell them to get off? Do you think I'm going to call the cops? Has this actually happened? That's not the same. Hold on. Are you telling us a story about something that's really happened, or are you saying something in theory? What I asked you for a specific in your yard is serious. It's just it's just the same kind of mindset. Am am I miscommunicating here? I'm sorry. And and not and not. Kurt, hang on a second. I just want to check with my co-host here. Am I miscommunicating? Am I doing a bad job? I, 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 I was clear on what you're asking. Okay, Kurt, what, I, what I'm asking for is you made the claim that you've done this, and I asked you what you meant by that. What have you done? And then you wouldn't tell me. So do you stand up for what you believe in or not? Absolutely. So give it, me an example. Life and a business. And when I got a problem with a customer, or I got a problem with somebody on my yard, or if I got somebody intruding on my right, 
I talk to them. So you've well, had protesters in your yard before? I'm curious of what I'm curious about is if, if you've ever had a problem with the government and you've gone and stated your case and it's ever done one whit of good. Oh, yes, I have had a problem with the government. Okay. Uh, uh, taking taxes. Did they take? And yeah, I have stated my case. Have they stopped? Absolutely. Excuse me? Congratulations on stating your case. Have they stopped taking taxes from you? No, but they never messed with me. They never came and, and like, you know, like. Well, you, you must not have been now. a threat. I mean, if they're not coming after you, you must not be threatening the status quo in any way, right. shape, or form. They're, they're, they're laying siege to the, uh, the, the, the Ecuadorian... What are you laying siege? That's what you're saying. Laying siege. Laying siege. A siege. You know what the siege means? Like, you know, you're sieging somebody. You're like, you're like battering down the walls. It's, it's the wrong wording. These, these guys are hiding. They're hiding. Okay? They're chicken to come out. Hey, dude, you know what these these thugs do? Hold on. Before you go on, are you calling every sniper that works for the U.S. military a coward? What, are you kidding me or what? No. They, they're guys that stay off a, uh, you know, a, a mile away, away, and they hide behind uh, bushes, and they shoot people from the dark. I mean, why don't they come out with guns a-blazing, and uh, you know, they take off their, their bulletproof vests <laughs> and fight these uh, hey, these folks in Afghanistan man-to-man? Why, don't they, why doesn't everybody just... Knife fight. You know, as a matter of fact, I'd I ask you this. Why didn't George Bush just cha- challenge Osama bin Laden to knife fight in, uh, in the middle of uh, Istanbul or something? Hey, Osama bin Laden, he's dead, man. He's history. You're not even having a conversation with us, are you, Kurt? Are, are you able to comprehend the questions that, uh, that we're asking? Because they don't seem complicated. Here, let there's me try this again for you. About people, there's nothing complicated about people hiding behind computers and hacking sites and not stepping up and just taking care of business. Kurt, do you understand that these they thugs... Hide, they hide computers and, and they mess with people's lives. They take Kurt, information. the hackers are not right messing around. with people's lives by taking down Interpol's website. They're not hurting anybody who's peaceful. They're going after thug cops who are attacking peaceful people around the world. They're going after a man oh. named Julian Assange who has never harmed okay. anybody else. Interpol is nobody. Are, are you kidding me? Look I, at I, what they're doing to Julian Assange. Have you? Hey, have you ever heard about Bradley Manning? You ever heard about that guy? Who? Bradley Manning. You ever heard of him? No. All right. Thanks for the call. We'll tell you a little bit about Bradley Manning. Who's Bradley Manning? Bradley Manning is a but uh, he got promoted up to corporal, I believe, at one point. But he was a, a private working for the intelligence branch in the military, and he took some information, classified information, on a thumb drive, supposedly um, took it and you know put it on the internet. And this is what the WikiLeaks documents are. And there's hundreds of thousands of documents out there. And the, they're they're holding him. They held him in uh, the Quantico for some time, and now he's in Leavenworth. He's been held for over a year without trial. Um, That's Right. Some people would, as a matter of fact, Amnesty International called his, uh, his his conditions torturous. And this is what happens when you speak out and right. you actually have something to say that threatens the status quo. They take you and they put you in a cage. And there's a good chance that they'll do that to you. That's what exactly they're trying to do to Julian Assange right now, who's the, one of the guys behind WikiLeaks right. who helped promote the information that Bradley Manning put out there. Assange is hiding in the embassy for Ecuador right now in the UK because the UK wants to arrest him and put him and basically transfer him to Sweden where he could end up getting extradited to the U.S. to again be put into some sort of a uh, prison cell because they released information that could possibly be seen as damaging to the United States government. Who can blame these hacktivists for wanting to 
keep their anonymity while still doing something effective and the bringing United attention States to a cause. The United States exists for this reason. The United States waged a guerrilla war against Britain. They didn't come out and say, I'm here like a man against the greatest military the world had ever seen. It is tactically stupid. You mean they didn't want to stand in a line right in front of the right. other uh, military? Well, they did, it. they did it some points, and some days that worked out, and some days it didn't. But um, it is tactically stupid to engage a more powerful enemy on uh, you know level ground. The hacktivists, Why in the world would you do that? The hacktivists are heroes. They, uh, they took down the Interpol website, and that's awesome. I don't awesome. know that it does anything. 855-450-FREE. It just, it just gets them attention. It's a slap in the face. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's, it's a duel. More coming up. It's free talk Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me. Mark at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Inviting you to our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there. We've got the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room's built into the same page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Dot com. So we go to the phones and the fun. Let's talk to uh, to Eddie listening in Michigan to WSJM in the Benton Harbor area. Hey, Eddie. Hi, Ian, Julia, Mark. Thanks so much for taking my call. Welcome, sir. Go ahead. Brilliant pivot on Kurt's last call because I was trying to figure out what the difference between hacktivism and the Boston Tea Party's uh, disguising themselves as Native Americans. What's the difference? So that, that was an excellent pivot on his point. Uh, you know, the, the values of courage versus cowardice comes up a lot with conservatives, and, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't call the Boston Tea Party people cowards because they dressed up as natives. Yeah, so, he didn't even want to hear know, our right? points about that. It just, right, I mean, I asked him about snipers, who people who kill from from the darkness, and you know, they, they've got flags on their, their, uh, their, their shoulders, so they're okay. Right, sometimes yeah, there's a difference right. between cowardice and tactics. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I spent a few years in the military, so I kind of understand um, that point. And to Julia, uh, adding a lot of content to your conversation earlier about the Slate.com article, mm-hmm. I finished reading uh, George Lakoff's Little Blue Book, and your conversation really took me to the chapter he was he was talking about on family freedom and how we're stuck using words that don't touch on... Um, values that reflect us as progressives. Um, For example, you know, when you talk about the simple fact that you don't want to be a parent right now, I mean, that's your freedom to either have a family or not have a family. And it seems like such a divisive point, and and we're forced to play defense as progressives. Um, The value of fatherhood, for me, is so important based on how my dad uh, raised me, and I know for a fact I would not be able to put in the time right now in order to be a dad like he is. So that's my exercising 
the freedom to choose whether to have a family. And I have to say I'm a little confused, Eddie. Saying. What What is the discussion about uh, making a decision about one's reproductive uh, ability or choice to have children? What does that have to do with uh, political definitions like progressive, like – I don't know. Well, if, I don't know if a progressive every, would necessarily everything to do with 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 political language in the sense that when one side uses pro life and focus on the family as a way to crowd out other voices and and other uh, uh, opinions and and viewpoints, there's there's a, a hijacking and a co opting of language that I think is is kind of unfair. So you you feel like uh, – and I get where you're coming from. So you're saying that uh, like the conservative types who would use the term pro-life have hijacked that term because it suggests that you're somehow as a progressive not pro-life? Exactly. Yeah, I kind. I, well, I I, I kind of get it, and to some extent, uh, you know, I think the conservatives really miss the pro life thing when they're all um, for war and all for uh, executions yeah. and things like that. They're only pro some life. Yeah, I, I really do think, for me uh, individually, I think that it's uh, immoral to end a human life, and I don't care where that is on the uh, developmental um, level. Now, I know that my partners here don't uh, don't agree with me on that particular uh, statement, but uh, you know, t- to me, I try to be consistent. Pro-life all around. Well, I wouldn't. And the values argument allows you to be consistent. If you remember that, um, from a conservative perspective, it's okay to punish because punishment is an important value. You pay for your crime. So in that sense, when they attach it to a value, it's okay to be pro-life and pro-death penalty. That's how you bridge that seeming dichotomy to people who tend to think more progressive and using your word, more consistent, that all life at any stage... So you... Well, hold on. I just, just to make sure we're clear, you're saying you are pro-death penalty? Absolutely not. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I'm misunderstanding. What yeah, you're I saying. would think that uh, you know punishment for you know if one wants to punish and then you know how does one punish by killing is really what my question would be on that. I mean you know that mm. that might be a, a way to rid oneself of a bad person, uh, but I mean they've got they're pretty effective about that when it comes to incarceration. I don't think I would want to call myself a progressive. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to call myself a conservative either. I think both of those terms have baggage uh, that are attached to them. That uh, you know if if somebody else calls themselves a, a progressive and I call myself the. Pro- a progressive, we may not necessarily be even talking on the same uh, plane. You're exactly right, which is why words are important. And I really enjoyed reading that book because if we go back to 96, when words became uh, defining moments for different viewpoints uh, as far as the political spectrum is concerned, I think when we get into conversations that are based on values and we've defined those words properly, then the conversation goes way further and deeper than just simple politics. So I agree with you. Thanks, Eddie, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want. Uh, so National Geographic News at nationalgeographic.com has announced uh, – oh, this is actually old news apparently, but it showed up on our uh, Free Talk Live uh, page – Today. So we have some level of obligation to report it if it shows up on uh, freetalklive.com, no, right? No, we don't. I just uh, saw the news and I thought it was interesting, and I just now noticed the date on on the story. Normally what you see at freetalklive.com is fresh. Most of those items there are, are pretty new. When I do my show uh, prep, I feel 
you know, more obligated to, to go for stories that are on the front page of Free Talk Live than I do of other stories that are out there. I do yeah. generally like what's on the front page of Free Talk Live because they're selected by our listeners, and uh, we tend to have our listeners tend to have similar tastes as, uh, as the host of the show. So g- generally, most of them are pretty uh, pretty usable. But in case you hadn't heard, and I hadn't heard this uh, in the last five years, the story's from 2007. I don't know if either of you had heard this either, but uh, a dinosaur nope. mummy has been found. Now, normally you find bones, right? Where there's nothing on the bones. Now, they've got the actual beast. According to the story, scientists have announced the discovery of an extraordinarily preserved dinosaur mummy with much of its tissues and bones still encased in an uncollapsed envelope of skin. Wow. Can you say t- countdown to cloning day here? Well, they um, they were <laughs> so worried about what, you know, for so they've been arguing what did dinosaurs look like? Now were they, they colorful? Know. Were they drab? Preliminary studies, or at least they know what the hadrosaur looks like. Uh, preliminary studies of the 67 million year old hadrosaur named Dakota are hadrosaur, already. Hadrosaur, is this a plant eating duck build? I don't know. You can look it up, though, and tell me. Hadrosaur, H A D R O S A U R are already altering theories of what the ancient creature's skin looked like and how quickly they moved, say project researchers. Further investigations may reveal detailed information about soft tissues, which could help unlock secrets about the evolution of dinosaurs and their descendants, say the scientists. For now, the team continues to examine the rare specimen, which included preserved tendons and ligaments, Hmm. and to prepare scientific articles on the find for for publication. The specimen exceeds the jackpot, says the excavation leader, Philip Manning, from Britain's University of Manchester. Most dinosaurs are known only from their bones, which are seldom found joined together as they would be in real life. He says, but we're looking at a three-dimensional skin envelope. In many places, it's complete and intact around the tail, arms, and legs, and part of the body. Wow. Uh, It's incredible. The hadrosaur, or duck-billed dinosaur, was discovered in 1999 by then-teenage paleontologist uh, Tyler Lyson on his family's North Dakota property. It was an extremely fortuitous find because of the odds of mummification are very slim. First, the dinosaur body had to escape predators, scavengers, and degradation by weather and water. Then a chemical process must have mineralized the tissue before bacteria ate it. And finally, the remains had to survive millions of years, 67 of them to be precise, undamaged. Incredible. Yeah. What would usually have been wiped out by the decay process, the mineralization has been so rapid that it is trapped and preserved. Pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about this. There you go. It's exciting. Yep. Thanks to, uh, I believe that was on the front page of our site. FreeTalkLive.com. Thanks to everybody who uh, contributes over there. We still have time for you and your thoughts. You can bring up anything. And what does that mean for the whole 6,000-year-old Earth thing? Anyway, I know you guys talked a lot about religion last night. If you find a dinosaur that's 67 million years old. Satan hid this to confusion. (laughs) More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals were harmed in the making of this advertisement.
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts now at 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE. With you, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website. Head over to freetalklive.com if you enjoy the program and you like the fact that we give you the website and its features for free, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites. If you like that, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You can support the show. We will take the money and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So uh, you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only podcast, which doesn't have the commercials the regular podcast does, as well as uh, a few other things. Go get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, you were a little bit late to the show here tonight because you had a parent-teacher conference to attend. That, yeah, it was a, sort of an orientation thing for the school that uh, looks like Jack's going to. Now, uh, that's going to be a shock for, uh, for a lot of our listeners yeah. who have been hearing you talk a great deal about uh, doing homeschooling. Uh, now Jack's going to school. What, uh, what has transpired? Well, specifically, um, what I had talked about was unschooling, which uh, is, you know, or child-directed learning. Mm-hmm. And what I found was my child wants to go to school. And what do you do when you want to do child-directed learning and your child's directing you to take them to school? I don't know. I guess you do what he wants you to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about this. You know, sort of from a, um, from a principled stand, I was like, I was going to do unschooling, but that's not what he wants. And mm. so, you know, from a practical stance, I pretty much have to do, you know, we have to, you know, try this out. When it's now, not working anymore, we're not going to do it. Now, this school is a Waldorf school, mm-hmm. and it is play-based so this is you know intended to work on sensory issues and it's not very academic so they're not going to be sending kindergartners home with backpacks full of homework or anything like that and he went there for a camp during the summer and and that's what did it right was the camp experience no no really what did it was going to the campus and looking at it it's beautiful we went there to the campus one time uh there were some kids there for the camp jack wanted to go that's what i mean that's what did it for jack was like he went to this school for summer camp Mm -hmm. and no no he went this to the school just to kind of look around and they were having a summer camp and he wanted to be at the summer camp so we signed him up for a week which was at the school which was at the school. Right, so he went to the school for a summer camp, was what I said, right? I'm just trying to make it clear. It didn't sound like you were clear. So he went to a summer camp, which was taking place at the school. It's not like we just sent him voluntarily to the summer camp either. We were going, we went to the school to look at it, and then there was a camp there, and he decided he wanted to go to the camp. So we sent him to the camp, and then he decided... But does he want to go to school as much as he wants to be around other kids? Like I, that's that's all this is. I mean, you know, you have to put away the terminology school for mm-hmm. yourself because it may – I mean, here's what the kids are going to be doing. They're going to be reading books. Yep. You know, they're going to be having stories read to them. They're going to be playing with wooden toys and they're going to be making food. Um, you know, I mean – that's that's what making food. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's, it's, they did, made a pizza the the week. It took them a week to make a pizza. Um, you know that. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know if I want to eat that pizza. They had it stored, and you know, kids kids liked it fine. But, you know, I mean, it seems like it's a very wholesome kind of thing. If you don't know anything about Waldorf, you can go look him up. But, you know, I kind of like the philosophy. The Steiner guy who came up with it, um, it was right after 1919, right after World War I in Germany. And, uh, you know, he wanted to base his uh, philosophy around freedom and peace and growing better um, kids, Mm -hmm. you know, in a better way. And, you know, free from government intrusion. 
it's hard for me to have any problems with any of these things. They're a little rigid when it comes to media, but you know, so that's about what does it. that mean? I like the kids watching TV. Oh, who who does? Yeah, some some TV shows are good. I see what you mean by that, uh, but so that's just not going to happen on campus, though, right? No, they're definitely not going to watch any TV on right. campus. And they're not going to be able to is, tell Jack not to watch TV at home. This is from 8.15 to noon, mm-hmm. three days a week. So I'm not really concerned that they're going to be brainwashing him too thoroughly in this time frame. You know, I mean, this is just, it's just a play group. So, you know. And what does it cost? Way too much. I don't have numbers. I, I not don't have, yet? Uh, you know, I... I don't know. What I know what it is for high school because I looked into it because there's a Waldorf school up the street from the LRN.FM studios that's for you high school. You want to go back pick up some chicks from high school or something? And no, I was looking into it because <laughs> I wanted to give a contribution to local school and I figured why not go with a localist school, the one that is closest. That makes sense. And so I looked into uh, Waldorf and uh, it was like $14,000 a year. So it's expensive, a- yeah. about on par with what the government uh, schools are paying per, per pupil, what the taxpayers are paying. Right. And I was surprised by that. I mean, I, I know that private schools don't have to be more expensive than government schools. Sometimes they can be significantly cheaper. So I was surprised that what it seems to be a small school should have such uh, such incredible costs. But I was told that the elementary and middle schools are lower priced than the high school one. Yeah, I don't know. I heard one number. I'd have to. I don't know what the numbers are. Um, I, I think it's like five thousand dollars a year or something like that for elementary. For this is not even elementary. Oh, really? This is you know kindergarten, pre K. So he's four right now. That's correct. Okay, four and a half. I see. And presumably he's going to want to go on. I mean, he's going to enjoy this experience. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you don't know. All right. Well, thanks. Well, for, he's uh, he's not going to be going to. I mean, you know, his his mom's going to be leaving the state for at least a month come December. So, what's going to happen then? Yeah, good question. Well, uh, you know, I thought it was an interesting development. It wasn't something that uh, that I was expecting to to happen. I uh, loved elementary school. I excelled very well in elementary school. I got straight A's. I loved going. I I. I just it was awesome. The thing that concerns and, me is that uh, elementary school is the foundation for ruining kids love of education. Well, mine was middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoyed uh, elementary school and did really really well and when I went to middle school the transition did not work for me. Uh, after never getting a C in my entire life, my first semester in middle school I got a D, several mm-hmm. Ds and it just went it mm-hmm. never got it never got better. So, and I think that uh, statistically, uh, children do very well in elementary schools in America, like they do comparable to the rest of the world on tests. And then once they get into middle school is when they start to just totally fall off the map. Yeah, the, the atmosphere for me in, in middle, middle school and high school was just you know, much more negative than it was in elementary yeah. school. Well, kids are mean. Well, in elementary school, I mean, you're right, Julia, that I think a lot of people have a positive elementary school experience because they still... There's still that that awe of learning that that whole process yeah. is still exciting, but there are some really core things that they do there to uh, to train kids. You know, there's the whole quiet when the lights are turned out. Yeah. Uh, they've got these these very regimented uh, procedures that they inculcate the kids with at these elementary schools. It's true. So there's, I think, I think there's danger. Like it maybe, maybe, maybe it was a fun experience for you, and well, I think for me it was too, for the most part. But there's some dangerous lessons being taught. And there. Luther, my brother, did horrible in elementary school, and he he hated school from day one. So just because it was good for me, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Also, uh, I know that when I was going to elementary school, dare class only happened at fifth grade. Yeah, I believe that it happens earlier now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm reasonably certain the Waldorf School will not be having any dare classes. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm just saying, as far as we're just talking about generally about elementary school, and I think some of the damaging things that people have happened there to their children, they don't necessarily know is going on. Uh, yeah. Governments. You know what I remember from elementary school that I thought was just the worst thing ever is there was this stuff that there was like a fluoride rinse that they made us do in first grade. Hmm. And they would take us outside and it was pink. And they would, it was called Swish, and it really tasted awful. And I, I'm a very picky eater to this day. I have a very strong sense of taste. I do not like having, like, to me, eating food or drink that I don't like, I mean, I'll throw up. Yes. You know, it's just, I'm really sensitive. And they would force us to put this in, in our mouth, and I would, like, gag and throw up. And I, I remember, in order to, for them not to give it to you, you had to get your parents' permission, and my mom just didn't care enough to get it undone. And yeah, and it was just—I just—I'll never forget that. And I—and I really don't like dentists, and I wonder if that's part of the reason. It's just because I didn't like being forced to put that stuff in my mouth, and I just remember they, the teachers would line us up and they would yell at us, and it was awful. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that they're administering drugs to the kids. I mean, that's what fluoride it's weird. is, right? Yeah, it's creepy. It is weird. So in other news, uh, we were talking about, uh, we had a caller earlier who said, oh, you, why, don't you, why are you hiding? Why don't you stand up for what you believe in? Well, I do, and other activists do, and it takes, it's risky. They'll come after you, and they've come after me, and in Austin, they're coming after the guy who created the, uh, the, free, excuse me, the Peaceful Streets Project. We talked about this uh, a little while back where they had a conference, and they brought a bunch of video cameras for folks and gave them out for free. Uh, the Peaceful Streets Project in Austin. Yeah, video cameras for the sole purpose of watching uh, government bureaucrats do their jobs. Well, guess what? That. Antonio Bueller was booked into the Travis County Jail early Sunday morning for, quote, interference with a public duty, unquote. Bueller was released Sunday evening and spoke to those waiting outside the jail about his latest arrest. He says, I was charged with interference with public duty, which is funny because they were interfering with me. He told the crowd that the entire incident was captured on his camera, which he claims will prove his innocence. He was recording a police stop in downtown Austin, as I understand it and uh, as has as has happened before to him happened again they arrested him for it so that's what happens when you stand up is uh, if you're effective and you're threatening the status quo they'll come after you and so i don't blame the hacktivists for hiding behind their computers it's the prudent thing to do we'll see you tomorrow night freetalklive.com if you've listened to free talk live for any length of time you're familiar with bradley jardis brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty and now he's running for sheriff of coas county in new hampshire sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace any u.s citizen can donate to his campaign up to one thousand dollars he's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign and his chances are quite good He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by Friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent.